Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's Coming Up, up podcast. podcast. This episode is brought to you by Up Late with McCain. Or McBain, sorry, my <laughs> McCain. John McCain John is McCain. sponsoring this podcast. Uh, my Pages app uh, <laughs> auto corrected that, and I just accepted because I'm a sheeple. Uh, we're also brought to you by. Listen, we have so many more sponsors, but I don't think that we could do better than that. But I'm going to continue because they paid us money, fake money, but good money. All right, we're also brought to you by Diet Cola. Uh, we are also brought to you by the Springfield Elementary School production of Lizzie Gordon, starring Martin Prince as Lizzie. And the travel boards of the following towns have asked us to give them a shout out. Uh, Cape Fear, Terror Lake, New Horror Field, Screamville. Ooh, Ice Creamville. No, Screamville. Ah! Yeah. And uh, lastly, but not leastly, we are brought to you by the Light Opera Society Sings, the complete Gilbert and Sullivan, <laughs> which is my favorite sponsor we've ever had so far. Yeah, we, we were not expecting to get that sponsor, but we really appreciate that they came through. Yeah. We are, of course, talking about... Probably one of the most classic ep episodes of The Simpsons, Cape Fear. This is the second episode of the fifth season. It originally aired on October 7th, 1993. It was directed by Rich Moore, written by John Vitti. And the showrunners were Algene and Mike Ray. Hell yeah. Yes, hell yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you for your service. <laughs> 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 um, this episode has been on our list uh, for a very long time, and is, I'm sure a lot of listeners lists of when are they gonna do that one yeah everyone wants to know and yeah uh i told our guest uh when he picked it um oh my god like we've been wondering who would actually have the balls to pick it because everyone like everyone is like too scared to do it because they're people afraid of it? people are afraid they think that they're not worthy and when i texted julia that it was you he's like he's the worthy guest <laughs> i know i think i said he's I'm so earned glad it I'm, oh i'm glad i'm worthy that's amazing um so you've already heard the i was voice shocked that no one had had picked it it's honestly because yeah. of that it's on i swear fear. it's truly it's cape fear yeah. they have a they little have bit cape of the cape fear, fear. We had, yeah we have had a couple of potential guests uh suggest like a roundup of episodes and even in episodes that are not even close to like the monorail yeah or monorail like yeah other episodes like cape fear there's always been this moment of like, uh, I'm sorry if somebody else wants to do it. That's okay. Like everybody's very timid in their pickings of this. Uh, but you're very good. Confident. You should be scared. You should be yeah. Scared. Yeah. Uh, so Mine. Might as well. You've heard the voice of our guest. Let's introduce him. Um, dear friend of mine, super talented director, creative, just person in every every way. You know him from uh, Key and Peel. He's also directed. Keanu and a million other things, and you're taking the world by storm, <laughs> if I may. Um, <laughs> please welcome Peter Atencio. Hello. Yay. Thank Yay. you so much for doing the podcast. Thanks for yeah. asking me to do the podcast. Oh, man. You bet. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. This episode, I mean, it's very obvious to us why you would pick it, but what about this episode made you decide this is the one to talk about? I'm going to say something bold. This is the best directed cartoon of all time. Yeah. Yes. I think it is. I think, I think you're think right. It's like the best, like visually, the pacing, just everything about it is like perfect. So mm -hmm. it's important to me because I, I love that about it. But it was also when I watched it as a kid, it was like this kind of opened my eyes to you could do parody in a really fun way that honored something and made it its own and mm -hmm. it was just yeah Something it was a huge episode definitely for me. done in key and peel done a, f a couple times a yeah. Couple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah. i mean i feel like if i may what you bring uh, specifically to key and peel that had made it stand out so much was this really great cinematic element where like you could do sketches that i think in anyone else's hands if it didn't look as polished and as sharp and as expensive as you made it look, <laughs> I think that the jokes would be great, but I think that that just added an extra oomph to it. Well, in my thank opinion. you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I mean, so it makes sense. I tried, that, yeah. tried to do that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It know, makes sense that you would pick an episode of The Simpsons that was 
far more cinematic than some of their other ones. Yeah, I didn't even remember how cinematic it was until I rewatched it mm-hmm. for this. And then it was just like the shot choices and these cool like wide angle lens look and these Dutch angles and even the lighting. Like they had, it just the lighting great is lighting so in cool in this. It's and the, sh- the shading, everything about it. Yeah, um, it's an incredible episode. I'm excited to go through like the the specific scenes and moments in in which I hope you remembered where these things come up because I think that's something that we talk about but since we are not uh, directors don't maybe see as clearly as you do like when we've talked to animators or different people they all they always have their own view of The Simpsons which is another reason why it's the best show of all time yeah mm-hmm. uh, so before we get too far into it Julia yeah so the summary for this we always read it from Wikipedia we read sure, it cold sure. sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad. But this one, I feel um, kind of deviated from, like, the normal summary. (laughs) So here it goes. Uh, Written by John Vitti and directed by Rich Moore, Cape Fear features the return of guest star Kelsey Grammer as Sideshow Bob, who tries to kill Bart Simpson after getting out of jail. Oh, Bart Simpson. Oh, yes. Bart Simpson. Have you (laughs) you heard? Bart Simpson, not Simpson. Homerson. Yes, Homer's son. Um, Cape Fear is a spoof of the 1962 film Cape Fear and its 1991 remake, which in turn are both based on John D. MacDonald's 1957 novel, The Executioners. Uh, this episode also alludes to other horror films such as Psycho. Wait, what was that sentence about the, what, the based on a book? It's based on the 1957 novel, novel The Executioners. I didn't know that. Neither did I. Yeah. Oh. I learned a lot today. Wow. Thanks to you. All right. Cool. <laughs> Uh, so I am actually one of those people that had not and still has not seen Cape Fear. Same. Actually. The, the movie. The, the Which one? The, both, any of them. Either. Any Either of and them. I've, I've definitely never, never read. never seen it? I've also never it's read the book, list. The Executioners. I'll tell well, you that much. Well, yeah, yeah. You're not alone. <laughs> but you should see <laughs> the movie. I for really want to see it. book club pick, though. It's, well, yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> any book about murder. I'm assuming it's about a tattooed guy who yeah. murders a family yeah. or tries to. Um, it's the movies are amazing, especially I mean the the Scorsese one is I, incredible. Yeah, I I I have known that, and it's so weird because I was doing like this movie a day project where I was trying to hit all the classics that I've missed, and that was next, and then I just got a little lazy. You know what? It's hey, right. New Year's resolution projects mm-hmm. they tend they to never. taper off in March <laughs> if you get that far. I did not get that far, but yeah. thank you for thinking I might have. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that is something I don't that m- I don't touch February with those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't touch no. February. No. That's a January game. Yeah. Yeah. Resolution. February. It's a new f- new leaf for me. Uh, yeah. I, I am going to try and finish because I, I got through. I, I did get through like a hundred movies. I'm going to try and do the other two hundred for the rest of the year. Other two hundred. Let's try it, baby. Let's see if I can do it. I think you can. I mean, In more this than year? more than not this year. I'm I not think try to do this, this is what I'm going to predict. You're going to like go through forty movies. That'd the be week amazing. Of um, Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's what like, I think. Down to the wire, you're going to be like boom, 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 boom. If I don't uh, break or detach a retina, I'm not going to stop. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep yeah. going. Yeah. yeah, keep going. And Cape Fear will be the first that I jump back Ooh. into. That's why I was bringing this up. It's not about my movie project, but I yeah. happen to fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so you can tell us because we don't really know how similar is this, and how much is borrowed from the movie. It's similar enough. Like they kind of took themes from it. They took a few major plot points, like the scene where Sideshow Bob's smoking cigars. In the theater, that's a direct scene from mm-hmm. from that. That's so funny because that's just something that I would only have thought of The Simpsons for. <laughs> because there's even something, there's even a scene in um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou that kind of reminds me. Oh yeah, yeah. And I had always oh, thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I wonder Seek the treasure. Oh, I love that <laughs> so <laughs> much. I love them so much. But it's kind of funny, just you know. Um, how skewed your kind of movie viewing and just worldview can be f- if you only really know the things that are parodying other things. Because oh, yeah. I definitely thought, like, maybe this is like a very subtle nod to The Simpsons. Well, I <laughs> saw, and it could have been, but I saw you the know? episode. I saw this when it, before I saw Cape Fear. Because I was definitely sense, younger. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw this and then was like, oh, this is a great episode. Then I saw Cape Fear and I was like, oh. Yeah. This is a really great episode because they just took enough to make it really funny and make mm-hmm. it referential. But you don't have to, clearly, you don't have to have seen the movie to. I feel like a lot of people have that experience specifically with The Simpsons because they tend to gravitate toward these kind of pop culture tributes. I mean, you see that certainly in the Treehouse of Horrors with Twilight Zone episodes and, you know, different horror movies like that. Totally. But I feel like a lot of people have had that experience of, like, seeing The Simpsons version first. 
and then checking out the source and being like, oh, fuck. Yeah. They, I knew they were good. Yeah. And the thing that's great and something that we talk about a lot is that even if you don't get the reference, the joke hits. Yeah. But it hits for a slightly different reason, but yeah. it still hits. That's the important part. Like, yeah. they, they make everything land regardless of whether you know what they're referencing. Because it, it has I've to still make never sense. seen yeah. HMS Pinafore. Yeah, I, you know what? I think that could all be fake. I think, I think I'm good too, based yeah. on the amount that I've heard in this episode. <laughs> but Gilbert still. and Sullivan musicals, just in general, are they're yeah. they're a real marathon. Yeah, not for me. So yeah, not for me. Not for me. Not for me. <laughs> Give me Book of Mormon and Hedwig any day over <laughs> that yeah. junk. Uh, yeah. So to go through the very top, uh, as always, or not always, but as is often the case for me. Uh, the cold open is usually something that I completely forgot existed. Yeah. And uh, as much as I wish it was up late with McCain, uh, <laughs> going to the beat of his own drum, what I a mean, maverick. That would not be, I know, that old maverick. Oh my gosh. What a good time that was. That was, yeah. That, I that, long for it. How, how it was so simple and easy. It was so simple and easy. Anyway. Um, but we get up late with McBain. And um, it's just so funny because, you know, the last episode that we talked about, was with uh, Weird Al himself when we were talking about, um, you know, three gays of the condo. And we were talking about how, like, The Simpsons will make jokes that are always so ahead of the curb and will, like, um, will just, like, you know, deal with topics that are kind of hard. And in this case, they really do make fun of McBain for being kind of someone who makes fun of gay people. (laughs) And they just boo and hiss, and it's so good because that is totally something that still happens in club comic places, Mm -hmm. surprisingly. And this was in 93. And they just totally nail it. Like, everything about that was so funny to me. I don't know if it did the same for you guys. I thought it was so great. Who were they? Like, I did not remember. In an episode where I remembered almost every joke word for word, I had no recollection of this at all me yeah, neither i was like None. i feel like maybe they cut it off for syndication maybe oh, that's maybe why that... we didn't see it i don't know but i just did not remember it at all and i also could not for the life of me figure out who what were they making fun of this was one reference where i was like what was i'm sure it was this about arsenio hall was it about chevy yeah. chase's talk show mm. i'm sure it was like, something very was specific the at the time because it seems a little too random for them to just insert it yeah I feel it like... feels like a pointed thing yeah. of like a movie star with a dumb talk show but, but yeah but yeah, know. again, like it could. That is a trope that has continued to. Yeah, yeah, be it totally works. Popular it totally culture. works. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's up late, Miss McBain. I'm your announcer, Upper Kuppenführer Wolf Castle, and here's McBain. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's nice. Let's say hello to my music guy, Skoy. <laughs> that is some outfit, Skoy. It makes you look like a homosexual. <laughs> oh, maybe you all are homosexuals, too. This is horrible. The Fox Network has sunk to a new low. Um, but I do love that they make him look like this bumbling idiot in that moment. You know, like it makes you look like a homosexual. And then people start booing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, maybe you are all homosexuals, too. And then him just going, this is horrible. <laughs> is that a talk show host saying, this is horrible. Oh, it tickles me in a way that that few things do. And, and then we get you know a um, a very Simpsons tropey thing of Lisa making fun of the Fox Network, which is always <laughs> so yeah. good, always welcome. so great. Um, and then I forgot. I mean, I actually you know I don't know if the syndication thing is what happened, but I do remember the episode starting with them getting mail. So maybe yeah. maybe that is something. If you guys know, please tell us because that is something that we'll you know. Do you guys have a hotline or a tip line? We Can have a we have a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Close, enough. Close enough. Which, yeah. Modern version. I guess we could set up a Google Voice, but who has the time? <laughs> but uh, I, I do remember um, this as a kid, like Lisa getting that letter from uh, this foreign exchange. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's Which is such, such a, funny a great joke. throwaway joke. It's like, just a so total good. Funny You don't bit. need it. It's don't need it. So, so dark. Good. Yeah. So dark. Sincerely, so little dark. girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, they do that too because they're all super, super smarties. And so it's. It's like if we can insert like a joke about like this uh, pen pal that she has in like a dictatorship kind of country um, and and have it be this really bleak, just throw away. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. There were a lot more like little just little bits and stuff in this yeah. episode than I remember. Too. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just great little like the 
Moe's Pandas, which I know oh, we'll get to, right, but like God. just little moments where it's like, oh, you know what would be funny is if, and then yeah, And that. yet, this is an episode that they uh, struggled to fill the time on for the the parody. And then you know when you watch an episode of The Simpsons that it's going to be a shorter story um, episode when the um, opening credits are the extended version. <laughs> and I was surprised to see that just because, you know, this is such a powerhouse episode that... I, I didn't think that they would need filler for it. But Is that true? When it's a longer couch gag? Yeah, could, then, then Bart goes through the whole town instead of it just going straight to um, the oh. driveway. That's why I would always remember getting really excited if it was short. Because I was like, that means more Simpsons. Exactly. You guys were so much smarter than me. <laughs> Thank I you so much. I never made that connection. Can we be the director of <laughs> yeah. several uh, future films? <laughs> wow, they just give you keys? And yeah, that's yeah, yeah there's director keys. Man, I yeah. had no idea. Lens. <laughs> this isn't getting anything. Uh, but of course, to move the story along, uh, Bart gets his letter, which is written in blood, and it's "I'm gonna kill you." Now, as a kid, I would understand like people being like scared of Bart dying, but I just remember getting so excited. I was like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna get it." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like not because I wanted him to die. There are episodes where I am worried about the Simpsons kids, including some Halloween episodes, even though those aren't canonical. But um, I remember just being like super stoked, just like this is gonna be. It, it's it's a tasty <laughs> premise and there's some intrigue and some mystery. Yes, mystery and that's fun that's funny too cuz obviously we know it's Sideshow Bob, but like at the beginning they do they kind of they kind of hide it I guess because you know they're trying to discover who it is and right, they get right. all the different people it could be, which is great, but one of the funny things of course is uh Sideshow Bob trying to write in his blood. Yes, I remember and that. Yes, yeah. often. Get a pen, Sideshow Bob. I know him <laughs> almost passing out. I mean, that's an element of, like, in those kind of true crime stories. This doesn't happen all the time, but, like, yeah, like, writing in your blood, you would get really lightheaded. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I love that they explore that reality. It's so good. I also just love that you could watch a cartoon where a guy writes in his own blood. Yeah, like, That absolutely. was kind of, like, it's dark and cool. Right, yeah, yeah. super dark. And I love that Snake is in his cell with him mm-hmm. at the prison, and they're kind of buddies. I love that. That's kind of fun. I also love that he needs to buy corn holders. That yes. made me laugh so <laughs> hard. Yes. Because what a fancy item. Like, that is, like, such a specific thing. You think thing. they would give you those at prison. <laughs> they got to get them back. Because those are a weapon. I don't yeah, know. yeah. It's a, no, it's a weapon. It's a weapon. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, Homer is so funny in this episode the entire time because he's just so aloof. He's the most Homery, in my opinion, in this yeah, episode. Yeah, he really because is. Because he comes in and he screams. He's just like, oh, my God, someone's trying to kill me. He's just, <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, it's, oh, it's for the boy. And, uh, you know, you get the scene where they're looking at all the, the death threats kind of you know, painting them all out on the table, and then there's the one that's in the different handwriting. He's like, oh, that was me after Bart tried to give me this tattoo. Which yeah. Wide load. Yeah, no, it's so good. We also, um, I mean, this may be out of order, but th- we also get fatty, fat, fat, fat mm-hmm. in this episode, which is, I mean, that's just a tasty treat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we also, and this is bouncing around, whatever, we'll just bounce. Um, but uh, one of my favorite jokes, the the Thompsons. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, a, that's, that's like a an That's a great all-time. Homer moment. There's like some Hall of Fame moments there in this is. episode. And that's definitely, that was one yeah. where in the early days of the internet, I downloaded a, like a, tiny res quick time of that moment just because like i collected like quick times of uh-huh. simpsons moments and that was <laughs> just watched that over and over again. was it the opening credits with the thompsons instead of the simpsons or was no it, it was the, the scene the where a scene That's where he's so like good. hello mr thompson i think he's talking, talking to you, you. <laughs> yeah that's something that uh my sister and i we laugh <laughs> at you know over and over and over just because yeah it's like Homer is the most Homer. He's just completely blissed out and oblivious. Yeah. And it's, you know, him at full puppy, which I think yeah. a lot of people love. Well, this was still at that time when Homer was like stupid, but in a really loving and endearing way where you mm-hmm. could kind of yeah. connect with it. I feel like later way. on they made him like so aggressively <laughs> stupid that, yeah, he was kind of a dick. Yeah, sometimes. he kind of goes down, up and down a scale. Yeah. And so you never quite know which Homer you're going to get. I feel like the later seasons, he becomes a little bit more like, he becomes a little bit more intelligent than I think we want him to be. Or <laughs> He gets a little know. Peter Griffin-y. I feel like it's a little, a little bit. A little I bit, said it. A little bit. But I love it. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's fantastic in this. And, and it's also really cool to see the Simpsons opening credits with like the name swapped out to the Thompsons. It's kind of nice. It also comes like back from a commercial break. So yeah. if you were watching it live, you saw that you were watching commercials probably, or I don't even know what it would have been at the time. I was trying to think of something topical. But um, <laughs> then you come back and it's just like, wait, what? And it's yeah. so exciting. And also you don't know if that means that you don't know what the episode is going to do. It right. might just start the whole thing over again. It's <laughs> that would have like, been so ballsy if they is. just changed the show. That'd be so amazing. Um, so to continue just in order, just because there are so many good lines I don't want to miss. Um, Grandpa, without spoiling the ending, um, has a lot of great moments in this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, he, s- someone tells him, like, Matlock's not real. And he says, neither are my teeth, but I can still eat corn in the cob if someone cuts it off and smushes it into a fine paste. Now that's good eating. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> delightful That's in this two episode. corn references. What was going on in the writer's room mm, that day for lunch? Good question. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but then, yes, right after this, we mm-hmm. get Bart asking all paranoid. He got, goes to Millhouse, you know, like, what's going on? And then that's when we get the, well, the girls are going to call you fatty, fat, fat, fat. And yeah. Nelson's gonna pants you or whatever it was, but so nobody's funny. trying to kill you. Um, and then there's also the great moment of uh, the radio dedication, yeah. the song choice yeah. of Wipeout. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. All right, this is dedicated to Bart Simpson with a message: I am coming to kill you slowly and painfully. <laughs> Um, so I love the moments of, uh, we get to see Marge and we get to see Flanders and we get to see Krabappel all kind of with the reasons of why right, right. they would kill, uh, Bart, which is so great. And it's all, the, it's mostly like, it's mostly just set up punchline. It's great. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of like quick, quick jokes, um, that endure, uh, for me in this episode. Um, I love when uh, Bart is on edge after that whole sequence yeah. and he's like sleeping in his bed and then Homer bursts in with like... German is hacker and chainsaw! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With the, and then with the big knife that he just wants to cut him a little bit of brownie. Yeah, brownie. And he's like, oh, Dad, I'm a little on edge right now. <laughs> Oops, sorry. What am I thinking? I Kiss know, on the it's so good. It's That was... I remember, so my dad and I used to watch this with the whole family, of course, when it was um, on originally. But then when we had the DVDs, that was the hardest my dad and I have ever laughed together in our lives, including at things that we have both said. And it was just one of my favorite memories of like being a kid is us laughing at that scene because it's so funny. And the way that the lighting changes in yeah. that, like it goes from like his teeth and it's black and it's red and it's oh, yeah. scary. Like, it Somebody wants to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody wants to see my new chainsaw and hockey mask. <laughs> yeah, we also get a, pe- <laughs> we get a moment with Flanders too. Um, that's really good. I wrote it down. Oh, where he like he's got those him over. trimmers on. Oh yeah, it, he looks like Freddy Krueger. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Say like, your prayers because the, school, the schools can't force you like they should. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's that whole part where it gets super visual and it's like these really extreme low angles and the mm-hmm. lighting gets really dramatic and that whole Bart on edge sequence is so yeah, amazing. it's so good. Yeah, because uh, we get Kerbopel saying it's like I'm gonna make you my murder victim, Bart, and then it's like in the new production and then you know you <laughs> yeah, get uh, Gordon <laughs> forty wax with a wet noodle, Bart. I know. <laughs> it's just Gosh, such a best. funny line. It's just the best. <laughs> And then, um, you know, I thought of you, Julia, because I know how much you love Wiggum. There's so oh, much there's so many good. good it's a great Wiggum episode. I love Wiggum away toys. So oh, good. I, still, <laughs> I say that to this day. That's yeah. just like entered my brain yeah. forever. Yeah. No, it's perfect. I mean, anytime that you're like fumbling up a line or like <laughs> or or like in full seriousness, like you have to deliver some sort of <laughs> message to someone bake them away toys i think works yeah. um i love so this the simpsons in this episode in particular is just so good at making these throwaway jokes like things that don't need to exist an example of that is when uh wiggum has uh been told by marge that like i'm pretty sure that is illegal and then they go through the guidebook <laughs> yeah. and they're just like oh apparently you're not allowed to have squirrels yeah. in your pants for the purposes of gambling oh. and then you yeah. cut to <laughs> and the animation right, is just <laughs> so good and like just shaking one squirrel kind of out of one of the pant legs it's perfect i know it's so good it is one of those things that we talk about a lot where just like okay the script of this is 
laugh out loud, hysterically funny. But then you see the visuals and you're just like, Jesus, like but this those, is so good. All those bits are so good too because they they still make sense within that world. Like I totally buy that the semi-corrupt, incompetent cops of Springfield oh, would yeah. do something like put squirrels in a guy's they pants need to and pass the bet time. on it somehow. Yeah. And I don't even know what they're betting on. I know. Like, <laughs> what is the money? How long they can stay? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> What's the over under on squirrels in pants? <laughs> Let's go to Vegas and find out. How long you can keep them in, I guess, would be the thing. Uh, yeah. So so we, we finally get to the, the Mo line, which is so good. Lisa kind of comes in and is just like, I finally figured out uh, who it is that did it to you. Who's someone that you've been uh, prank calling for years? And I forget. Oh, yeah. Do you remember who it is that um, he he guesses that it is? It's some person. It's like, no, someone who didn't deserve it. I can't remember who it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, some pop culture reference. It's because I didn't get the reference, so it didn't stick with me. Which yeah. part? When Lisa comes in, it's just like they're trying to figure out who it was that killed side or that is killing Bart. And he's, they figure out that it's Mo. Before that, she's like, who's the person that uh, you've been prank calling and annoying for years? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, it's oh, like, some, um, it's like uh, a Linda Lavin. <laughs> Linda Lavin. No Linda idea. Lavin. No idea who no that idea. is. No, someone who didn't deserve it. Who was Linda Lavin? I don't know, but she deserved it. She deserved yeah, it. but She uh, was asking for it. Linda Lavin we is just, an American singer and actress. She is known for playing the title character in the sitcom Alice and her stage performances oh. both on and off of Broadway. So you probably couldn't have heard that, but uh, Linda Lavin was a singer-songwriter, was on Alice, uh, Broadway. uh. (laughs) But anyway, uh, thank you very much, Brandon. Um, But uh, we we get to Mo, and Mo is just like, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I'll I'll take care of it. And then uh, just, it's such a perfect beautiful thing it's the same as the x-files when he's got the whale yeah. like i just love yeah, we've talked about it before. oh yeah i love animal. all of his backdoor deals oh, yeah. <laughs> there's also a really great moment so we go back to sideshow bob and his hearing of whether or not he's gonna get parole and when he gets granted parole i love that he turns to snake and says take care snake may the next time we meet be under more felicitous circumstances Gah. <laughs> take care that also has one of my favorite underloved characters, which is the super Jewish lawyer. The blue haired yeah. lawyer. Yeah, blue haired lawyer. Yeah. He's so good he in this. makes a lot of appearances, but mm-hmm. yeah, just love that guy. Me too. He's definitely related to Milhouse in some way. Some yeah. capacity. Um, yeah. There's <laughs> he's, also a, a great, he's a distant cousin. Yeah, there's also a great Wiggum moment in that courthouse scene. Uh, when uh, Chief Wiggum goes, Sideshow Bob has no decency. He called me Chief Piggum. And then everybody starts <laughs> laughing. He goes, oh, now I get it. That joke of, oh, now I get it, is so great. Uh, I also love, um, you know, uh, I always forget who dated Sideshow Bob, but Patty or Selma. 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 So this is one of my favorite jokes ever. Sorry that I can never remember who the twins are. But Selma is just like, uh, you know, he he tried to murder me on my honeymoon. And the blue-haired lawyer is just like, how many people are thinking of killing her right now? Be honest. And everybody (laughs) raises their hand, including including her. (laughs) She always leaves the toilet seat up. So so gross. funny. So gross. (laughs) And then I think this was also my dad's favorite line ever which is uh, we object to the term urine-soaked hellhole when you could have used pee-pee-soaked heckhole. I love it. And then Sideshow Bob, cheerfully withdrawn. Yeah, and that's also, I think, a nod to, like, S&P. And so yeah, funny. So funny. Yeah, it's... Oh, God, it's so great. Oh, and and then that leads to this uh, detective whose name I, I don't recall. It's just, like, a one-off kind of character. Yeah, He goes, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. don't worry, when I'm through, he won't set foot in this town again. <laughs> and he's and got, like, a gun. Very, very persuasive cox gun. And then uh, you cut to them at the bar, and he goes, come on, leave town. No. I'll be your friend. No. Oh, you're mean. (laughs) That is so funny. Oh, my God. And that is also a reference to the movie. Is it really? Yeah, oh, he hires cool. a lawyer to try to like strong arm him. That's oh, great. great. Oh, you're mean. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, right before that, we have the um, him. Such a Bob is like working out, which I love too. Yes. And he's just watching, you know, all the normal workouts. But then and turn and flex and shake and bounce. Yeah. Uh, and we also that was get a Simpsons flair. I feel. I love it. <laughs> and then we also get Ernest goes to somewhere camp, which yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, that should have been one of my our sponsors. I, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't get. We him. called. They didn't return. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't return the call. Um, and then, yeah, we get the we get. They're trying to figure out like how to change their names and stuff. And that's when we get the great Mister uh, the Thompsons and uh, the Ice Creamville, which is great. Uh-huh. Also, the fact that uh, being from Denver, the fact that Homer talks about John Elway. 
That was like the coolest. Was rep- it really? Oh my god, that was. The, I was like, <laughs> John Elway's talked about on The Simpsons. Oh. We've made the big time. I think that's a big part of why this is one of my favorite episodes. This is probably number two, and my favorite episode is "You Only Move Twice." Oh, it's so good. He gets the Denver Broncos at the end. Yeah, <laughs> those are. I mean, this and that episode are. Two and they both have like Bond top. references. They both have Did Goldfinger they? references. Oh, because yeah. in this one, the Itchy and Scratchy cartoon is Itchy getting uh, uh, cut by the laser. Oh, mm-hmm. wow, like cool. Goldfinger style. Yes. Goldfinger yeah. style. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so then that leads us to one of the more uh, infamous uh, scenes from this episode, um, the rake scene. <laughs> so which good. was so good. done, the, the whole reason why it's so many rakes is because of filling time. Because they <laughs> didn't have enough. Is that true? Yes. At first, it was just <sighs> going to be like, one rake, and then they God extended they it. didn't have enough time. Yeah, thank God. That's, That's so like, famous. No. I know. I it know. also started Family Guy. I feel like this was the first time I had ever seen the so long it stops being funny for a minute, then is even funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Joke done in anything, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm trying to find, I wrote down in my notes. Um, Did you think, count how many it was? No, I didn't. Well, um, so there's been a lot of. Uh, comparison uh from the simpsons writers of sideshow bob to wiley coyote and how he is you know constantly trying to trap bart and thwart bart but is a very you know seemingly intelligent creature but like you know falls to his own devices constantly over and over and over um that makes it particularly funny in this episode because it takes place largely in like cactus patches and areas that you would have seen (laughs) them together (laughs) that's also so great too all the moments leading up to the rakes uh they're driving and first of all you get them singing the opera and the ha 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 ha." that made me laugh so hard but you get the lousy speed bumps and this coffee's too hot (laughs) want to drive through a cactus patch that's two against one yeah also they say that um in particularly in the episode i mean in the scene when bob is stomped on by multiple elephants Mm -hmm. and bounce right back up <laughs> is a reference to a Wiley e. Coyote character. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that was yeah. a very cartoonish thing. Yes. That is very far from Homer, um, you know, getting bloodied up from the gorge when he falls because James L. Brooks wants it to be realistic to then having a man be crushed by elephants True. and he's okay. Yeah. One yeah. Does but it works. directly on his head. Yes. To me, it was he a should little, die. That was a little jarring. He yeah. should die. Should I, die. I, I, so I found what I was trying to look for. Yes. Um, Al Jean, of course, um, was the one that sort of pushed for the nine rakes in a row. And according to him, um, the idea was to make the scene funny, then drag the joke out so that it is no longer funny, and then drag it out even longer to make it funny again. They invented it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I also love, so they're in the new house, and Marge, of course, is sad. And, you know, there's this human element of just, like, they have to move their whole life over again. And then there's just, you know, you immediately throw over to, uh, where's the dog? And it's Santa's little helper, like, in the water, like, trying to chase <laughs> itself. So cute. And then we also, um, Homer is saying, like, you know, we tied up all loose ends. Don't even worry about it. And then you get Grandpa. <laughs> and he's like, you have my pills. I'm cold, and there are wolves after me. <laughs> and then you actually hear, <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, there's, I mean, I love that they keep going back to Grandpa, perhaps as a symptom of it being a thinner episode. But then we get these, like, kind of tasty moments. And, and let's be real, like, Grandpa doesn't get a ton of play during these seasons. So it's kind of nice to see these little moments with him because I'm he's such a great comedic of character. You body shaming this episode. <laughs> It is not too thin. I it is am perfectly the healthy. patriarchy, so you better get Gosh. used to it. Thank you, you know what? Let it Come on itself. in. The water is fine. No way. I'm not doing it. Body nope. shaming feels good, nope. Peter. Not doing it. Not doing it. Sorry. I get it now, internet. <laughs> uh, so one thing that's just an animated thing that makes me laugh really hard in this episode is um, after Bart sees... Um, him in the street which is also great because he says surely there's no harm in laying in a public street and then that's when all the marching people come but I love his little like he's just laying all casually and coolly in the street I love that but Mm -hmm. Bart runs in and his little dancing legs like I don't know how to describe it it's so cartoonish (laughs) he's like a little kid in it and then you get the Bates Motel which of course um, is a reference and yeah all the shadows there especially all Mm -hmm. the underlit stuff yeah that up light on him is amazing totally and uh, then we get that scene that we already talked about which is so good which is this Homer coming in with the chainsaw and this and that Mm -hmm. it's so funny and um, 
after Bart gets uh, taken, we see that all of the family is tied up. And that's kind of scary. Yeah. And it's kind of cute, too, because you get to see Santa's little helper <laughs> and uh, the cat. And they're just sort of, like, wiggling on the ground. They're, like, not panicking. It's not, like, <laughs> yeah. really jarring as yeah. a viewer. Like, it could be if they were, like, screaming at it the top of their been, lungs. Yeah. It could have been then, way more traumatic. Yeah. and the, But then we get that great moment where Lisa turns to Homer and Homer <laughs> is, like, passed you out. know, just passed out and drool falling out of his mouth. It's like, Mom, Dad's been drugged. No, he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh it is so funny to think about this episode with the um understanding that it was trying to lengthen stuff because so many so many jokes in this episode are based on like repetitiveness like yeah. you get bart running on one side and they're alligators and then he runs over to the other side and his eels <laughs> yeah. and then he runs over to the first side and, and he's like oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is just a funny joke it's super and funny honestly i mean you see this a lot in like animation shows and animation writing that you know you have to just keep like clipping 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 everything has to be like you know uh, you you take a uh, a 50 page script and then boil it down to 22 minutes oh, or yeah. something like there's just you know so much in there. 10 percenting? You know what 10 percenting? No, is? what is 10 percenting? 10 percenting is this thing they do in animation where they speed up everyone's dialogue by 10 oh. percent just to jam even more. Sense. It's a family guy thing. Wow. And they just speed it up so it's like just sped up enough that you don't notice it when you hear it. Right, right. But everything moves a little bit faster and everyone talks a little bit faster and it's just a little bit more. And it's it's just like Gilmore like, Girls. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, but we've learned a little bit from uh, just like people that have worked on The Simpsons that have been on this podcast and, you know, who they deem like faster talkers for certain characters and so that they know that they can write a little bit more dialogue for them versus like sure. some other slower talkers, which is something that I didn't even consider as a viewer, of course, because yeah. I just, you know, I, I just don't even think about that element of production with it. But that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah like you can't give Reverend, Reverend Lovejoy like a lot of lines, <laughs> yeah. you know. But that's interesting, too, if you're trying to just, I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure, an annoying rule when you're trying to write for these characters because, you know, uh, perhaps you're trying to write a certain joke that needs every single word for it to, to work. It's sort of like crafting the perfect tweet. Crafting the perfect tweet. <laughs> writing tweets is just like writing. The you Simpsons. know what? And I'm sure a it's lot of people like all it. across this great nation of ours, <laughs> I'm going to say the world, consider that to be definitely one and one. They definitely yeah. consider. I'm sure it there to are writing the packets that just include a page of tweets. Oh, now. for sure, for sure, absolutely. As, and you should actually maybe because yeah. you know they're going to check that shit anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, definitely. It's the first thing. You yeah. Uh, one thing that I have to say before we move a second further, just because it will drive everyone crazy if we don't actually say it, uh, is uh, D Bart D. D Bart D. Uh, D Bart D. One of the funniest jokes of all time. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's German for D Bart D. Um, <laughs> well, anyone that speaks German surely can't be a murderer. Yeah, can't be an evil man. <laughs> an evil man, yeah. So uh, good. Which will let you deem who they're <laughs> referencing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's uh. stupid. Um, oh, I have one little bit of trivia in regards to the rake scene before we move on. Uh, so Kelsey Grammer had no idea that they had done that extension of it because, of course, he just did like yeah. that one moan <laughs> and they just the like, one, yeah, yeah, they just looped it over and over. So that was like a nice little surprise when he finally like, what saw the what? <laughs> what the what? I quit everything. I quit That's that show. That's amazing. Uh, what a yeah. funny man. I was just rewatching 30 Rock and I forgot his involvement on yeah. 30 Rock. It's so funny. Oh, he's so good. You guys. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And um, <laughs> Simpsons composer Alf Clausen has said that um, Kelsey Grammer is like one of his favorite people to write music for because he can tell that he has such a genuine love of musical theater and he has such a genuine love of just like music in general. And of course he has like the vocal sure. you know, power to back it up. So, um, you know, he said in regards to this episode specifically, he was very excited to arrange that abridged version of HMS Pinafore for him. And that whole track, I mean, it's a classic track. I, I remember listening to it on one of the Simpsons albums. I think it's Songs in the Key of Springfield. And so because of that, I like knew every beat of it. So when it came up in this episode, <laughs> I had like this big sense memory of a lot of road trips. That is great. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, you know, another thing that's that trivia that really helps you see the episode of just like this is kind of a um, uh, Roadrunner uh, type thing is, you know, Bart tricks him like Bart straight up like gives him a trap of just like well this guy loves to sing yeah. hey, this is what I want and this is what I'm gonna do and it works and it's so good and you get so many funny moments I 
love it so much when Sideshow Bob is like dressed as a woman by oh having a mop With the on mop his head. Hair and yes. the blanket wrapped around him. <laughs> or, or the like shower sh- curtain. Shower that curtain. originally wasn't going to be in the episode. They were just what? going to have him just straight sing, but then the writers really campaigned for no, let's add some visual gags oh, to this because man. it makes it even so though much funnier. So it's totally fine with him just singing and this whole situation is absurd in and of itself. But like yeah. well, let's Let's really like add more to this and it's see also, how far we can go. It plays to his character really well. Like he's yeah. a showman. He would go the extra he mile. Is. He would put on a real show. And it is so I mean, we know Bart as a clever character, but it is so incredibly clever to yeah. have him be distracted by singing the full score. And it tracks, of course, with like, you know, the planting of that being in their car right. earlier <laughs> and yeah, of all things, it's so perfect. Yeah. And it leads to this really great crescendo of the episode of, you know, the end of this big musical, Bart handing him, you know, <laughs> roses and the that. The sun is being, coming up. And also, oh, it's so someone, beautiful. It's also cartoonish. They have someone else give him the roses while he's watching. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what makes hand it. Oh, oh, that's right. Another thing, uh, really quick, I also, uh, a, a popular meme uh, that I partake in quite often is Bart eating popcorn <laughs> while he's watching. Yes. That's something that people use when there's a Twitter <laughs> fight happening. Happening or if there's a I'm debate. More about Michael Jackson eating popcorn. Yeah, you gotta do one mm, of the that's two. That's a good one. You gotta do one of the two. I gotta say, folks. quick shout out to Twitter.com. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what is it.com? Yeah, Twitter, Twitter? HTTP um, colon backslash backslash or forward slash, I guess, forward slash. Sorry, I'm a noob. And uh, Twitter.com. I love that they have that GIF feature where you can just type in what you're feeling. Oh, the copyright infringement feature? <laughs> it's amazing. You're on the other side of the yeah, table. That's right. I see it right that's now. Right. Let's buy some key what's, pill gifts. What's the Don't coolest meme oh, that has shit. been copyright infringement on one of your projects that you've seen? Oh, God. <laughs> Kim, everything Kim Hill is a meme now. No, oh, I don't. Yeah, I love yeah. memes. Memes are great. Yeah, memes are great. They, memes make Professional the world companies go that turn memes into like a revenue stream, less great. Less less totally. Great. Right. Less of course. Of course. Let, them, let it be natural. Yeah. Yeah. Google image search, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Free plug for Google. They need it. Yeah, they do need it. They do need it. Pixel. Uh, Everybody should buy the Pixel. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the Pixel? Isn't what that is their it? new, or maybe I'm mistaking it for another company? Like that's their entry into the iPhone. Yeah, oh, their new phone. I didn't yeah. even know about this. And now, uh, I mean, quick cell phone update. You guys didn't know you were going to get this in this episode, <laughs> but here you go. You uh, hoped but, and you got it. But now that Samsung is uh, literally crashing yeah. and burning, now they're um, all incendiary with devices. Their, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, people are saying, according to the internet and my uh, New York Times updates. Um, that this is the perfect time for Google to release the Pixel. <laughs> anyway, that has been your cell phone business like update. They planned it. Hmm. Are, they Are you together? saying that they sabotaged Samsung? It's a cabal. It's a cabal. Oh my god! It's a cabal. Yeah. Man, so many yeah. things are being rigged these days. It's all ah. rigged, you guys. It's all rigged. Hundred <laughs> percent. What a convenient way to look at the world. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right? To just deem everything as being rigged that doesn't work out we for have you. No control. Just <laughs> lean into it. It's fine. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, so. After uh, we have the the singing number here, we have, uh, you know, they pull up against a rock. It kind of pulls the boat over. And then you see um, Wiggum, and he's wearing, like, his, his like, uh, robe. Everyone's wearing a robe. Well, he's wearing a lady's robe. A lady's, lady's robe. Lady's because robe. he says, like, you know, hold right there, you're under the rest. By Lucifer's beard, which is a funny thing for him to say. Um He's like, uh, yeah, it's a good thing you drifted by this brothel. Oh, God. <laughs> what a fun joke. What a fun joke. <laughs> As a kid, you're just like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> and then we get we get uh, that great line, uh, take me away, boys. Hey, I'm the chief here. <laughs> Bake them away, toys. What'd you say, Chief? <laughs> do yeah, what the kid says. And then I I tweeted this last night, so if you follow us on Twitter, you probably saw it. I took a screen grab of how this episode ends because it's insane. <laughs> I can't believe how this episode ends. We go back to the Simpsons house, and everyone's so excited for things to be normal. And then it's Grandpa, full-blown uh, boobs and lipstick and long hair. Uh, because he hasn't been taking his medication, which yeah. makes you wonder, like, what medicine is he taking? Like, yeah. what is he? What's his issue well, in this trans- conscious world? He's transgender. Is that true? Yeah, he's on That's hormone great therapy. to know. Yeah. That is great to know. Mm, they, yeah, yeah mm. they started transparent. It's canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's can- it's canon. That's canon. Just believe me. Um, canon. But then you get that, like, he wants to change. Uh, but then you see, uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Jasper. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Got a good what? Jasper moment. You love Jasper, so I'm I gonna love let you, Jasper. I'm gonna let you say. When what we first started this podcast, I thought, I mean, I was a real dummy. I was like there's enough jasper to go around how about every episode of this podcast i say i have a segment called what's jasper doing in this episode you now, thought jasper would be in every episode yeah peter 
I'm get, Peter, I'm getting ambitious. to that. Peter, I'm getting okay, to that. I'm sorry. I'll let um, you keep digging your so, own. So uh, that that was great for the first episode, and then he wasn't in the next 27. <laughs> so I dropped right. the Sounds segment. Right. But now we get to peek in. What's Jasper doing this episode? Well, he's courting a fair young maiden, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he's got Stephen Eady tickets. And so and uh, the, Grandpa says, I'm all yours. <laughs> and that's how it ends. Credits. That's how it ends. Yeah. It's insane. I mm-hmm. couldn't believe it because I wouldn't have guessed that it started with uh, McCain and I wouldn't have thought that it ended with uh, <laughs> This is a very politically charged episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, off of that, actually, I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but kind of lines up. So I don't know if you guys have read the book Planet Simpson. No. Um, no. But it's about the Simpsons. Hmm. You don't it. say. You don't say. Huh. Um, so it's about like sort of the philosophy and um, the author Chris Turner wrote a lot about this episode. And he um, characterized uh, Sideshow Bob as a hybro snob and conservative Republican. And given so is that, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Given that, he felt that the writer's room... Um, were a little bit more compelled to uh, metaphorically and literally hit him with a rake over and over and over because he was an easy target for such treatment. Interesting theory, Chris, mm-hmm. if that is I your real name. I might be grasping at a couple straws. You know there what, might be some straw grasping. might be grasping at rake film and TV yeah. criticism in general? Uh, I guess, somewhat, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah certainly. That's, but that yeah. can also lead to people reading things in mm-hmm. a really good way that yeah. lead to... Undeserved Peabody Awards. Yeah. <laughs> that happens yes. all yeah, the time. Yeah, that happens. Um, uh, I also wanted to talk about, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the play Mr. Burns. I've referenced it a couple times. I'm familiar with the play Mr. In Burns. Podcast. But, I have um, heard you reference it on this podcast. Have you before. really? Yeah. Oh, what a thrill. Because they, they sharpen their minds by recalling this episode, if I'm yes. not mistaken. You're, you are not What's mistaken. Up? What's <laughs> up? You doubted. You, you doubted. You were like, oh, he's probably just paying lip service. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but well, I wanted to talk about it. So the full title is actually Mr. Burns, a post-electric play. And I have actually seen a production of this, but probably in the worst circumstances. I went to go see it at a high school, like an all-girls high school, and left after the first act because it was... Is, so. But I'm, you did I don't go mean to interrupt. But this is a real yes. play. This is like a legitimate play that has like established literary merit, or is this yes, like just a that's Simpson? That's crazy. Because I've never heard of it. Oh no, no. So um, uh, I'll I'll read off yeah, all please, the please. things. So it pre- premiered in May 2012 at the Woolly Mammoth Theater Company in Washington D.C. It was written by um, Anne Washburn, and it ran from August through October 2013 at Playwrights Horizons in New York City. Um, And the synopsis of it is, Mr. Burns tells the story of a group of survivors recalling and retelling Cape Fear, an episode of the TV show The Simpsons, shortly after a global catastrophe, then examines the way the story has changed seven years after that, and finally, 75 years later. So we see through three acts how that kind of gets embedded into, you know, the myth of, um, the origin myth of this culture and and eventually, um, not to spoil the ending, but eventually it sort of becomes almost a, a religion sort of substitute of a creator myth. Wow. Yeah, and so... Um, a high school, a girl's a high, girl's school, high school, school chose to put this on. Yes, and it... Um, I like that drama teacher may not be getting invited back. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure she's fine. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it, let me just say... The girls were just doing their best, and they were just so earnest, but it just felt to me like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with that sketch um, from SNL a couple years ago, where it's like, the super serious theater school for teens, and it was just like, all of these teenagers doing like um, the social network, like, like, if you invented Facebook, then you would have invented, you know, just like very like, I don't know what to do, you know, like death of a salesman, (laughs) and it's something... uh, I hope more than just me, people can relate to because I was definitely in those theater classes with those kids and they were far too precocious for their own good. Um, but I also wanted to say uh, a couple more things about this play. Um, so the author, Anne Washburn, um, said that for a long time she had been exploring what it would be like to take a TV show and push it past the apocalypse and see what happened to it. And so for a while she originally considered Friends, Cheers, and MASH, but then ultimately settled on The Simpsons. And the New York Times review of this book uh, I mean, of this play, said that um, that single Simpsons episode becomes a treasure-laden bridge, both to the past and into the future, and in tracing a story's hold on the imaginations of different generations, the play is likely to make you think back, way back, to narratives that survived today from millenniums ago. Every age, it seems, has its homers. Beautiful. <laughs> wow. 
I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can buy um, the book of the play. It is available on Amazon. But um, yeah, I had to mention because it's connected to this episode, yeah. which I think, again, says a lot for this episode and how it's revered. And it's just one of the classics. And I think that it stands out even from a very casual Simpsons fan sort of point of view. Even a super thin episode. <laughs> super <laughs> thin. society. So I'm like body shaming ending. it for being. No, it's a happy a, ending. Yeah, it's a okay. happy ending. It overcame. Its limitations. Great. By the way, in the stuff you may have missed section of uh, our guidebook, uh, it says nine rakes. Ooh, that's nine what I rakes said too. Um, yeah. I thought that we didn't know how many rakes it was. I said nine. Ooh. Well, now you get to know twice. You should listen to the podcast. You I don't listen to the podcast. Yeah, you should no. listen. Um, why, why bother relive this hour of my life? Uh, other, it other feels like more than nine, by the way, in the moment. It does. It, it does. Well, well it, there's like a callback to it later. Well, it's playing. You can still hear him you saying hear like it after they while die, they're right? in yeah, the yeah, house. Yeah. Um, a couple lines that I thought were funny that we didn't get to was Bart saying, but who'd want to hurt me? I'm this century's Dennis the Menace. Yeah. Uh, Which I feel like it's like a nod to it being like all Bart all the time in the early seasons of The Simpsons. Totally. And, mm-hmm. and then another one that was great was when um, Marge is saying to Sideshow Bob, just like, you awful, awful man, like stay away from my son. And he's like, oh, I'll stay away from your son. And he's like, wait, <laughs> that's not very good. Yeah. Wait, wait, I have a better one. Ask me again. Yeah, Say. Back. <laughs> yeah, so good. No. <laughs> yeah. I also wanted to say that, so even though this episode is in the fifth season, it was actually produced by the crew of the fourth season, and a large part of the original crew um, of The Simpsons uh, left the show after season four, but this was like the last episode that they all worked on together. So it's even more special. That's touching. Do you yeah. know why there was an exodus after season four? Uh, I don't know. People move on and do their thing. Whoa. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I don't know a specific. Okay. Sure. I don't know a specific right. reason. Oh wow! Are there <laughs> are there any moments or um, elements to this episode that you took notes on that you'd want to talk about, or did we did we hit it all? We've kind of hit it all. Um, I got my lawyer character in there. Yeah, no, it's just it's just all the good genre satire is amazing and then just those throwaway gags. Like mm-hmm. it's it's cartoonier than I remembered it being, but in a really smart, funny way. Like they're not afraid to go lowbrow in a very smart way. Totally. So it's pretty impressive. Uh, so we have a couple questions for you that we like to ask all of our guests. Sure. Um, one of them is, uh, what would you say is a lesson that you could take away from this episode or this discussion? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess good things happen when you feel like you're short on time. Ooh, Ooh. that's great. Sometimes the best necessities of mother of invention. That's so. amazing. Can you speak to that like in an example in, in your work and in your life? Yeah, well, that would happen to us on Key and Peele sometimes. Really? I mean, it's more in like a, you know, you write a sketch, you go to shoot it, and sometimes they just wouldn't really work you'd kind of get it on its feet and it's like oh this isn't working we had one one example that comes to mind is we did a sketch called the job interview with adam pally and the sketch was supposed to be jordan goes in for a job interview like the guy comes out he had a great job interview he goes in and he has a terrible job interview and that was kind of the idea of the sketch and we got to set and like the script for the job interview itself was it was okay and pally came out and he and keegan were just riffing and they, it, what they were doing was so much funnier than what we had written that we were just like, you know what? Let's throw it away. Let's make this the sketch is like being the guy who's sitting there and the guy comes out of the job interview before you and he just blew it out of the water <laughs> and you know you have no chance. So it just evolved on the day. Oh, that's great. And it turned into something completely different because we just saw that there was a funny potential. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That uh, that speaks to you guys for not being the type of people that are so set in your own ways that you can't see something that's better than what you had planned. Like, that's oh, yeah. so important to yeah. you. That yeah. would happen often, even in editing. Like, in, even in editing, you sometimes stumble across something that's a funny idea and it totally changes the context of what you're trying to do and... Just go with it. That's awesome. Funny wins. I think that like willingness to be open to those sort of creative currents changing the original plan is like I think what leads to a lot of success. Totally. Especially in sketch comedy. And it's something that I don't think 
is often seen because there's all these weird hard and fast rules of like, no, but we wrote this scene and this is what the scene right. has to be because it has to check a box of it being a pop culture sketch or a political sketch or something. But I've always felt like your show was just sort of like not exactly dashing the rule book, but just being open to going off-roading. And then yeah. you actually did in the later scene. We- <laughs> Hello. Um, no, but I, I, I feel like there's a confidence to what you guys do. Um, that isn't pretentious or has all this ego to it of like, we're the best. It's just very like, <laughs> we're going to still try and go down these pathways and these journeys. And, and maybe the thing we wrote is not as good as what we find when we get there. Yeah, but we, that's really we, cool. we called it the meritocracy of funny. If I it's funny, that. it's that wins, you know. And right. also it was very democratic. We would straight up just vote on stuff. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So it was just, yeah, it was just like whatever made us laugh and giggle, no matter how stupid it was. Yeah. That won. Uh, another question we have is a two-parter, which is about Simpsons characters. The first is, which character do you relate to the most? And the second is, which character do you like the most? And it could be tertiary in or this in the episode or The entire Simpsons. Ooh, that's a good question. I, I would say my f- just favorite character and probably one who I relate to a lot is Hank Scorpio. Awesome. Wow. That's like, because for me, like, he has his own agenda. He's doing his own thing. But he's a great boss. He's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He just has this nefarious scheme that he's trying to pull off. But it doesn't change the fact that he's, like, a good person. So Totally. I don't know. I've just always related to his style. I like the fact that he kind of, like, talks quickly and he's kind of yeah. always mm-hmm. going. And there's just something about him that... I really connected with. For I love reason. that. That's you carry that point. over into your directing style? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Honestly, when mm-hmm. I'm on set, I, I just kind of talk like a mile a minute and I'm just very like, just go, go, go. And yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, uh, yeah, he Hank Scorpio's got a nefarious uh, goal and uh, producing a TV show or a film has certainly its oh, own set definitely. of issues. And oh, we're yeah. I mean, yeah, we're not curing cancer. We're right, we're making right, right, right. It's evil. Comedy. It's super evil. No, but there's so many better things we could do with that money. Yeah, but I think we're making a cat video that's ninety uh, minutes. Abs- I mean, yeah. and we all should um, because that's really where the money is. <laughs> uh, no, but I I think that that's really important as a director and in. in it's probably one of the major keys of your success with it because, you know, you need to be a good face for the other creative team to sort of approach and feel, you know, like uh, taken care of by instead of you being like this exact mirror of all the stress that's going on behind the scenes. Totally. To kind of be like a caveat to that and just sort of help them. Totally. You know, yeah. There's a, he, his management style is genuinely a really good management style. He yeah. lets people have control over their areas. He trusts them. He lets mm-hmm. them succeed or fail on their own merits. He believes in Homer, which for yeah. me completely endears him to me because nobody believes in Homer. Totally. And, and it's genuine. Like he's just like, even though he acknowledges that Homer is a big oaf, he's kind of looking at him in a way where he's like, well, maybe he is thinking outside of the box. And yeah. he's, maybe he there's sees a that reason. Potential. Yeah. Maybe we need somebody that's not a part of like, you know, this world in every way. I always think about that with like, Whenever I apply for a job that's way out of my league, I'm like, well, maybe they need somebody that knows nothing about <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's actually, that reminds <laughs> me of um, one of the episodes, not to get too off topic, but one of the episodes of Spaced, uh, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I can't believe we haven't talked about it that much it's together. It's one of my fucking favorite shows. But you get her talking about, like, she just interviewed for the magazine that's an all-women's magazine, and she accidentally does the peace sign, and she just makes a huge, like, she says girl power, makes a yeah. huge idiot of herself she's totally you know an old version of a feminist when they're looking for a modern feminist and one of the things like she's just like i failed it i did such a bad job i did an awful job and then she's like but maybe they want someone like that like yeah. maybe i'll just be the one that's like oh Completely. stupid her and it's just like that's what i think sometimes too yeah you need to think like that sometimes Definitely. oh for survival <laughs> <laughs> for life you know I'm, oh, and yeah. sometimes 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 you're right only sometimes though it's a small percentage right. otherwise you cry yourself to sleep absolutely yes. it's whatever story you tell Austin. yourself yeah, yeah. Uh, well thank you so much for being a guest on the show this has yeah, been so thank much you for fun having me. of yeah. course and where uh where can people find you and what do you have to plug i'm on uh that twitter.com that you mentioned oh, oh you're uh, on it i'm on it http http colon backslash oh wow yeah, yeah. oh cool the whole nine yards that's uh, i'm at atencio uh-huh. that's my last name i'm not going to spell it for you <laughs> I mean, not, you should now. You should figure it out. No, you probably don't. You probably <laughs> misspell it. It happens all the time. Uh, and the next thing I'm working on is a, a 
show for Amazon called Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Ooh. Available next year. That's super yeah. exciting. It's a lot of fun. It's Congrats. Yes. a lot of other Thanks. exciting things in the works, too. And so people should continue to follow you. Check and them out. Yeah, check, check, it, check it, out. it out. Yay. Yeah, maybe there's a Keanu 2. Can you leak that news? There's, 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 there's no not Keanu, Keanu 2. Too. There wasn't a litter of kittens. Or is there? Or it? <gasps> what? But people can get Keanu One on iTunes and they can, they get, they can uh, stream it, they can Ooh. download it, they Ooh. can bootleg it. It's available it. at drive throughs in Syracuse, New York. That's There's awesome. a, a homeless man who sells it. Very nice. Um it's available in China on street corners. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Have you have you witnessed a bootleg copy of your own work? I have. Yeah. I got sent one, and I bought one in downtown LA. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Fun. Yeah. What a great was, moment. That was honestly oh more gosh. special to me. That and watching the worst version, the censored 4-3 center cut version on an airplane. Yeah. Weirdly was like, oh, it's like a, this is like a movie that people totally. can watch. This is, it, it was just bizarre. got real. It that's was just exciting. like, oh, it's like things that people can watch it in a terrible format that it was never intended to be seen. I love it. We made it. You've Yay. made it. Yeah, completely. Yeah. What a cool it's experience. Please don't watch it. Please don't watch it. <laughs> Please don't watch it on an airplane. Well, don't thanks do that. so much for yeah, being thank on. You. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, Allie, where can people find you? Oh my God, thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Allie Gertz on all of the things. And Julia, where can people find you? Thank you so much for asking. You can find me at Julia Prescott on all the things. Um, you can find our intern slash sound producer, Brandon, at Hell Yes Brandon on all the things, correct? Um, continue to support us on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash Simpsons Pod. You know who just uh, donated to our Patreon? Please tell me. Um, this person, uh, much like Madonna, only goes by one name. Is it Sh- Share? No, it's James. James <laughs> just pledged oh, the some money to us. I'm a huge fan. Of I'm his. a huge fan of James. He's not Jim. No. Not Jimmy. No, no. Yeah, James, James. just classic James. Classic. So thank you, James, for you, supporting James. us because it is uh, your contribution that helps us uh, put an episode up every week. And um, yeah, find us at Simpsons Pod on all the things. Email us at everything's coming up podcast at gmail.com. Um, I think that there is a little bit more time where you can watch our live stream from LA Pod Fest. It was so cool, you guys. We yeah. had a deleted scene that, well, not even a deleted scene, a never ever discussed scene ever from Josh Weinstein, uh, read by Josh and Alex Hirsch uh, from Millhouse Divided. So if you ever want to know about what happened to Millhouse's dad uh, at mm-hmm. the Cracker Factory, it's amazing. It was could, incredible. It was so it was cool. So fun. We did not know that that was going to happen. And Alex, you could tell when you watch it, is so stoked. Oh and so God. is Josh, because Josh is always stoked. Josh is always stoked. <laughs> yeah, so you can check that out. And um, yeah, that's it. So thanks so much uh, for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. See you next week. All right, bye. Bye. And two and three, and we sail the ocean blue, and our saucy ships of beauty. We are sober men and true, and attentive to our duty. I'm called Little Buttercup, poor Little Buttercup, though I could never tell why. What never, no never, what never, hardly ever. He's hardly ever sick as he. For he himself has said it, and it's clearly to his credit that he is an Englishman. He's